Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Uh, uh, uh. Check it. You are now tuned in to Fish at the Water, where comedians learn from forerunners and give honor. Tweety and Jeremiah mix it up like honor palmers, making sure everybody leaves educated like scholars. This is Fish at the Water. This is Fish at the Water. Hey guys, um, welcome to Fish Out of Water, the comedy writing podcast. Um, I'm Ryan. Hey, what's up guys? I'm Jeremiah. And today we have a super special guest with us. Um, I grabbed the wrong piece of paper. Super special. Super special. She is an actress. She is a writer. She is a director. She's a speech coach. She is one of the co-creators of The Break Womb. Ms. Megan Grano. 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 <laughs> Super special Grano. Yeah. How you we, doing? Doing good. We do a really good job to fuck everyone's last name up. Uh, it's not like we didn't have time to prepare. Uh, but no, yeah. It's, it's your thing. I get it. Yeah. You gotta make it your thing. From right. Now on. Right. We're just getting every name wrong. Yep. Yeah. Uh, given that this is pretty early on, I guess now we just have to fuck everyone's last name up. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's do it. Um, so, this, so this is a podcast where we just sort of talk about comedy writing in in sort of mine for gold from all of our friends and just people that we admire in the community and and all that good stuff am i a friend or a person you admire in the both community? you can be both, both. Yeah. you can be both what yeah mm. i guess let's just kind of jump into it because we usually end up doing 20 minutes of banner for no reason <laughs> yeah yeah we usually kind of mess around a little bit but you know this writing stuff is so serious <laughs> yeah that that's we the thing. uh and we... i hate banter so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, that's sort of the thing that you were always telling me about was like don't talk to me just no. jump into things yep mm-hmm. what have you been working on recently what are some of the projects you've been working on recently tell us about them so every week i put out a video with the break womb it's sketch comedy video and it's mainly directed towards parents although i guess there's some non-parents who watch as well But it's quite a lot of work putting out one video sketch a week. So that's a huge part of my time goes to that. And I would say project-wise, I also work with uh, a comedy group that tours called Jim Belushi and the Board of Comedy. Although I'm on leave from that right now because I'm having a baby. Baby number two. Yes, in seven and a half weeks. (laughs) Can't get here soon enough. So that's one of my other projects that keeps me complaining. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you refer to your baby as a project. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a true actor. Oh, totally. I will be mining this project for comedy. (laughs) (laughs) That's, you know, well, actually, you sort of do. For sure. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, sort of, uh, the break womb is you and Molly Erdman and Laurel Kopic. Yep. Um, and you You guys, their last names, right? (laughs) I got not please. Um, I got your last name right before you were in the room. (laughs) I even said to Jeremiah, it's Grano. Let's not call her Grano because she always corrects me when I do that. 
That I was how I was made fun of when I was in middle school. Grain, like Drano, Drano, here comes yeah, Drano or something exactly. like that. Exactly. Grano is a Drano with no Brano. That doesn't oh. even make sense. It cuts though. deep. It cuts deep. <laughs> Does so. it still hurt a little bit? No. <laughs> I had my name was Jack Off Jeremiah. Oh, That's what people called me. That I'm I'm only imagining where that. Comes I fully from. embraced it. Yeah. I I I was like in fifth grade and I didn't even know what jacking off was no, until I switched schools no. and then they're like yeah jack off Jeremiah I'm like I don't even know what that means and so now I have an email address that uses J-O-J in, in the meaning of it uh, and um, I've had that since fifth grade so I fully embraced it and then people stopped calling it to me so. oh that's not right yeah, yeah everybody, everybody <laughs> made fun of me by calling me Tweety Bird and I hated it that's a nice one I feel like that's but a good one I hated it though yeah. because like I felt like they were saying it to insult me not to like be my friend but oh. now everybody calls me Tweety and so it's sort of kind of just I got bullied into liking it, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. You don't get bullied into anything. Come on. <laughs> um, so, no, what we were saying about the break room is because you, you guys basically do mom-based yeah. comedy mm-hmm. and you mine the ideas out of kind of your real life. Yeah, real life experiences. Um, one of the interesting things is as a sketch writer, when I was working at Second City in Chicago and just writing tons of sketch shows on my own. I used to experience writer's block sometimes where it'd be like coming into a pitch session or something and I'd be like, I have nothing to write about. And as a parent, I feel, especially doing parent-based comedy, I never, ever one time have had that problem. I bet because you just have crazy shit happening all day long every day. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, it's almost like pre-kid, I had, there's so much material that you could write about i guess mm-hmm. that it's like a little overwhelming to choose sometimes so i think you end up with writer's block but then with the parent stuff it's very clear like the experiences i have each day it makes it easy to focus in on a, an idea for a sketch yeah yeah it's interesting because you say like parent-based comedy but it's kind of for everyone because you you start to remember how you were treated as a kid. I mean, I don't You're have right, kids, totally. but when I was watching some of your sketches before, it was like, yeah, I remember getting treated like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it's uh, it's funny. It's funny how you can uh, then recall on your youth when you watch some of these sketches. Oh, cool, thanks. Yeah, yeah. and well, another thing that's because I, I sort of I help film some of the break room stuff. You film it? Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, I've actually filmed. I think every every one except for one, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And so, but then I, so when I see you guys come in with a sketch and then I also see you guys, I mean, workshopping it sort of live yep. and do like, cause you'll do a take and then you'll be like, you know, I liked it when you changed the line to this, keep that. Yeah. So you're sort of writing on the fly, which is just sort of interesting. Cause you can't really do that on stage, but to so see you true. guys filming yeah. it like that, it's very, it, it kind of adds a whole new perspective to it. It's fun. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot of fun. This ties in perfectly to the question that I ask first. Every, it's like my favorite question. Jeremiah's probably sick of me asking it. Um, I am. <laughs> so Get used to it. Yeah. How do you... The hardest part for me writing sketch is gener, you're generating ideas. Mm-hmm. So when you're not doing like parent-based sketch where you can mine from your, from your children, your child, yeah. and your husband. Uh, your projects. Your projects. <laughs> your future projects. Thank you. We're calling them projects for <laughs> um, How do you, what's your kind of go-to way or how, what's the best way that you know to help sort of generate ideas for sketch comedy or for writing in general? I think um, 
you know, drugs. No. <laughs> I, I, I really, that's like such a hard question. Right? Yeah, it is. Because I, like what I was just saying, I remember having struggles with that. I did feel like there was a time um, I toured at Second City with TJ Miller, who I, I love that guy. He's on Silicon Valley yeah, right now. Yeah. and Denver, yeah. Is yeah, that his... Denver. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. um, he, he was really inspirational to me when we toured together because he kept a notebook on him at all times and always was writing ideas down. And I started doing that, and I realized, like, when you write, when you write stuff down, more stuff actually comes to you. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Everything I say is interesting. So, um, <laughs> uh, it was helpful to me to like start generating it. It's almost like I don't know if you've ever written tried to write your dreams down. That when you start doing it, you start getting better at remembering your dreams. Yeah. I've never done that. I, I haven't either. But I get I, I like get I how you, when you write stuff down. There's a exercise in a writing class I took at the Groundlings where. Um, the teacher says, just write nonstop for 10 minutes. Don't pull up mm. your pen. Don't stop and think. Just write. And it just kind of creates, by the time you're done reading it, half of the stuff you wrote is just complete garbage. But there's, <laughs> there's ideas in there. They're like, oh, those, I could pull something from that and then write a different sketch. And the whole purpose of it is just to show you, hey, man, when you just start chugging out junk, eventually something like your brain will be inspired and go in a direction that you might not have initially been able to. Totally. And so writing it down is... Yeah, I have. A, we talked about this on a previous episode. I have a problem. I can just get lazy, so I don't want to do it, and then I forget, uh, which is stupid. Yeah, totally, I, I've done that so many times. Yeah, like just don't write it down, and then like two days later, you're like, "What was that idea I had?" Yeah, I hate that. Or like yeah. my thing is, I would I would always write down like a cliff note version of it, like a keyword, thinking that'd be enough to trigger it, and I'm like, "What <laughs> elephant dick? Like, what is that?" <laughs> You know exactly I know what that was. That one I know for sure what that one was. But there are times, but there are times when I'm like, I have no idea what that means. So now I have to write really specific. Monkey dick. <laughs> yeah. Every one of your ideas it's is about a, a dick. Yeah, as an animal's dick. <laughs> yeah. I just have I just have a notebook full of different animals' dicks. Like yeah. lemur that, dick. Not even you just start inanimate object. Oh, car dick. <laughs> if a car had a dick, what? I don't remember. He is the dick-based comic. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. I I know from experience because me and Tweety were on a team for a while. Um, you, I don't know. You didn't have too much dick stuff. I think you maybe wrote a couple dick sketches. Uh, the I wrote the sexy, the sexy cop sketch. Sexy cop, yeah. But and not we, so and we much. Shot dick blood. We shot he uh, Jeremiah. This is my. I love that sketch. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. You've seen the video. Yeah. You did a video for it. Yeah. Jeremiah rigged it up so that I could shoot blood out of my ass live on stage. That was your rig. Yeah, that was my oh, rig. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You saw the video and your son was like, yeah. I thought it was funny. That's yes. great. Her son <laughs> laughed hysterically at blood totally. shooting out of my Good. ass. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I can put my my mechanical engineering degree to use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And put it towards sketch comedy. Um, yeah. What a dream. What a dream. <laughs> your, mo your mom is proud. <laughs> My mom is not proud. Let's just put that out there for everyone who thinks like, oh, what the fuck is this guy doing? Because I get that question a lot. Like, what are you doing trying to be a comedian? And it's pissing off my parents, apparently. Uh, no. <laughs> is it really? No, no. Uh -oh. I love my parents to death, but they don't love what I'm doing at all. You know? So. Oh, man. It's a scary thing. Imagine, like, if, if my son told me he wanted to do, like, be a comedian, I'd be like, run. Run yeah. for the hills. Do not do it. <laughs> it's just a life of judgment and disappointment. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like totally. minor successes. It's so hard. Right. Depression. I, mean, I yeah. never thought it would be this tough, but... Um, 
it's pretty tough. It's it pretty is. Tough. It is. It's, it is like your joke earlier. It really is like a serious business and competitive and all that behind the scenes. Like what you see on Saturday Night Live or, you know, Key and Peele, like it looks all fun and games, but you just know behind the scenes there's been so much drama uh, and yeah. like fights and serious BS. Well, just like at a theater, you know, like, I mean, just like at any IO or UCB or Groundlings or any of them, it's just like behind the scenes, people are just cutthroat. Totally. Yeah. What led you into comedy? Um, I guess I, I don't know exactly. Well, how long have you been doing this and what led you into it? I started a couple weeks ago. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I started doing comedy in high school because I was really lucky. My high school had a comedy group and I saw them perform when I was a freshman. And I was like, I want to do that. That looks so fun. Yeah. So really, it was just something that looked fun. And I auditioned when I was a freshman and didn't get in. And then I was like, I want to try again sophomore year and did get in that year. And it was definitely my favorite thing I did the rest of high school. It was so much fun. We would write. We only did one show a year, but we would write skits, as we called them, and do improv. And we were – I grew up outside of Detroit. So we had Second City Detroit there, and we took classes together with Second City Detroit. We would go down and see the shows. That's something that um, high school kids can actually do, like get into <laughs> without being carded. Right. So I think I went to see Second City shows like every weekend, uh, most of high school. Mm. So I really got entrenched in just loving it when I was like 14, 15, 16. Second City in Chicago. Detroit. Detroit they had, Detroit a, had a, yeah, sec- they I had didn't a know Detroit that. one. Mm-hmm. Mm, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. you were, You lived in Detroit? Right outside Detroit. I was in a, grew up in a suburb of Detroit, Gross Point. Oh, cool. I yeah. didn't know that. I want to know, when did skits turn into sketches? Me too. Right? Because it was all right to call them skits yeah. for a while. Yeah. Doesn't it drive you bonkers now when people back home call it the little skits you do? Yeah. yeah. Or like, how's a theater going? <laughs> I hate that one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you avoid having to hear that when you don't tell anyone you do. Yeah. <laughs> that's usually what seems to provide me with uh, having to answer those questions. The, yeah, that's a good good call. Just stay away from it. Yeah, I'm a mechanical engineer on a hiatus. Yeah, at the <laughs> yeah, I'm on a I'm on a permanent leave of absence from my degree. Yeah, yeah he left his degree. Can I? Uh, he, he. You should tell me what your real job is. Oh God! It's it sounds way cooler than it really is. I'm a biomedical engineer. Whoa! Uh, yeah, you yeah. did that with stem cells for a living. <gasps> yeah, but it's he's wicked smart. Fascinated. Oh it, my God! It sounds way cooler than it is. I think it's with any job though, because I've had. A, I mean, I've gone through college and graduate school, and so I've had. I've worked in like technical jobs, and they're all the fucking same. They're so boring. They're <laughs> really? Cute. Yeah, they're they're all and there's politics to it. It's weird. I, I mean. In the comedy world, I would have never thought in a million years working in comedy would be like we just previously talked about, like competitive oh, and yeah. like cutthroat and like political. Um, so anyone who's listening to this starting out, like just accept that because I don't think it's ever going to change. <laughs> so true. And and then in the technical stuff I do for, for my job that provides me with money, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's not nearly as bad. And you would think it would be uh, – science is – somewhat like people are always trying to get published and you get money for published papers and stuff like that so it's competitive in that nature but not nearly as bad as it is in comedy it's maybe yeah it's so cutthroat it's nuts yeah and you guys know it from that you don't see it from you know the science side and science field that i work in but it's not as bad and and my experience yeah wow wow yeah yeah i would think that 
competition to get papers published would be so intense but you think comedy is i think worse. so wow. or i just don't care <laughs> you know like that what could if, be a what large if i part just don't care and i'm yeah. not but i don't know i think from where i sit i work for a, a company um that um it 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 works with a, a group that we publish papers but it's that's not our main thing our main thing is drugs so uh Quite stem cell to drugs treat. oh okay. yeah just treat diseases that is so cool yeah yeah, I um, <laughs> I was told by a writer when I joined the WGA, um, a fellow WGA writer told me statistically that like the chances of getting into the WGA are less than making it to the major leagues. Yeah, and, really? Yeah. And he's like, so you should be really proud you got into this like union but i was thinking at the time i'm like man that is a terrible stat (laughs) that i mean it really i think you i don't know if it's your opinion maybe it is a fact that other fields are competitive but not as competitive as the arts i think i don't know like i listen i listen i'm a big howard stern fan and so i listen to him a lot and he talks about like back in the day from like a comedy perspective it was a little bit easier because not everyone was doing it so much in terms of like getting your content out there right it's probably it was probably harder to create stuff obviously well there was without, no internet without the internet yeah. without everyone having a dslr or a camera or some sort right? camera i mean a camera in your pocket everywhere you go right but now it's just there's so much stuff being produced and a lot of it is really good, you know? Sure. And so now the people who pay for this stuff have a huge pool to pull from. So basically what I'm saying is s- stop fucking going into comedy, people. <laughs> leave, leave. I think we're done with this podcast. Yeah. That is, yeah. that's the Cut great. it off. Stop listening. Yeah. Um, no, it's tough. I mean, I wish someone would have told. I, it wouldn't have changed my, my mind to want to move out to L.A. and start trying to be a comedian. But... At least I would have been able to be been like, oh, okay, I know what to expect, and yeah. I didn't have that uh, knowledge ahead of time. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know if any of that applies to you guys as well, but um, <laughs> it was... I, I am really grateful to a professor I had in college. I went to UNC Chapel Hill, and my senior year, he actually, I was kind of a long story, but I was one credit shy of graduating, and I didn't want to pay. For an extra semester. Mm -hmm. So he was like, why don't you do an independent study? You can write a paper called The Business of Comedy. And he had a requirement that I make it 50 pages and conduct X amount of interviews. And I interviewed people in L.A., New York, and Chicago, a lot of people, to write a 50-page paper. But I learned so much as a senior in college about the challenges I'd be facing. So I'm, I'm grateful that what 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 was uh some like snippets bullet points of things you learned that's very interesting to me i learned things like how nearly impossible it is to get an agent and the statistics on getting into second city which it's changed so much but i knew i wanted to work there he had me explore like there was a whole 20 pages on how would you actually make money doing this field and it became apparent to me like wow it's gonna be really hard to make money in this field yeah I don't know. I'm curious what the breakdown would be. I'm not quite sure. I'm assuming most of the comedy money comes from writing, though. 
right? Like writing your own show. I think you're right about that. And at the time in that paper, it was clear that money came from stand-up, not from doing improv and sketch. For sure. Definitely not from improv. Yeah, Yeah. definitely not from... It was so... So when I graduated at the Second City Conservatory here in Hollywood, Josh Funk, the artistic director, who I believe is still the artistic director right now, he gave a really good speech. And basically, he came up to all the graduating classes and he said, "Um, hey guys, like this, you should be proud of this. This is a a year-long accomplishment. Um, it's great, but no one gives a fuck about improv. Like <laughs> you're not going to make money off of improv because you got to write sketches. You have to, you have to go into the sketch world because agents don't care about improv to a certain extent. I don't think, I think sketch is, you know, writing sketch or writing your own material is what is going to make you money. It's the business side of commercial agents. I think care about improv for sure. Yeah. I think to a certain, Good yeah, call. but think about how many other commercial actors there are who don't do comedy or improv, but still book, you know, like, sure. Yeah. Um, but writing your own material and, and I think you don't have to wait around for anyone to come knocking at your door and being like, Hey, um, I'd love to see you in this. You can write your own stuff and be like, I want to put myself in this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think are things that, that, um, sketch writers and performers for that matter, but specifically writers, um, should do besides comedy like you know what i'm saying i think they should live <laughs> live <laughs> have as many experiences as possible so you have inspiration to draw from yeah yeah but nothing in particular like you don't think they should go fishing or work on cars sure <laughs> i mean if that's yeah. what they like uh-huh. go for it i mean any anything that gives you something to pull from i remember stephanie weir who i look up to a lot saying that to me when I was must have been 22, yeah. the best performers. And she's now, if you look her up, I, I can't even think of all of her credits. She's been on Mad TV and she was on The Comedians most recently, I want to so say. I just saw her on something too yeah. that I was like, oh, that's Stephanie. Weird. She's been on a bunch of stuff. But uh, she, <laughs> I love that I'm like, she's my inspiration. What has she been on? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she... Yeah, she just said, like, it, the really w- well-rounded, funny comedians have a lot of experiences, so... Spend more time out of the theater. Yeah, don't just go every night and only watch comedy. Yeah, that makes sense. See, I I think you have to do that, right? But I think you also have to be looking for comedic things, because uh, I'm, um, I don't know, like, I think just being around town and seeing stuff that's funny to you is oh yeah that's inspiring too right Right, but you gotta have you gotta kind of have that like comedy mind or that comedic like it's like that that muscle that's always working and that eye that where you always see stuff through a through a funny point of view yeah um and it's when i go on vacation i turn that shit off immediately (laughs) because it's on all the time when i'm out here but i i shouldn't you know like you should you should do what you do travel see other things and still like you know, write, write that funny stuff down. Yeah. I'm a big Oprah 21 day meditation lady. Oh and yeah. We just talked about dude, this. You're yeah. the, the second person in a row that's been on this podcast has talked really? about Oprah's 21 day meditation. Yeah. I, I love what she has to say about creativity. It's awesome for mm. that. And she talks about you end up, your well runs dry for ideas. If you're not getting out there and like relaxing and playing from time to time. And the sketch that I sent you guys that I really love is Mm -hmm. a great example of that because I went on vacation with my family and 
it was just like hanging out one night, having wine, just everybody like kicking back, barbecuing, drinking on a porch where it occurred to me like, oh my God, what if it, like I, I was yelling at Anthony and then I was like, what if I just started yelling at everybody <laughs> the way that I talked to him just now? And so like a sketch idea came, but I never would have had that idea had I not gone on vacation with my family. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 That's um, probably a good segue into watching that sketch. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Well, um, so right now we're going to um, play the sketch if mom's. Talk to each other the way they talk to their kids. That's right. Is that right? I got yes, it right? Yes, yes. Um, okay, we'll put it in right here. Have you guys seen that new movie with that actor? He's so hot. Oh, Hayden Christensen. Excuse me, Molly. I'm talking. You need to wait until I'm done, and then you can talk, okay? Sorry. Thank you. Yeah, I can't think who it is, um, but it, it's out right now. Okay. <clears throat> Now you can talk. I think you're thinking of 90 Minutes in Heaven. You saw that, didn't you, Laurel? Oh, gosh. I'm so embarrassed. I can't even remember Laurel, what I've Laurel, is that a new shirt? Is oh. that a new shirt? Did you get a new shirt? Yeah, it is new. Oh, oh my goodness. Did you pick it out yourself? Uh, yeah. <gasps> What's Ooh. on your shirt, Laurel? What's on your shirt? What's on it? Oh, that's a pocket. <laughs> oh, a little pocket. Can you put your hand in your pocket? Oh. But yeah, I think I did see that movie, but lately I feel like I can't remember any of them. Megan, what are you doing? I was going to pour some more wine. Wait. No, you still have wine to drink. Finish the wine that I already gave you, and then you can ask me for more, and I'll pour it for you, okay? I just... Don't sass me. Okay? The thing with movies these days is like there's movie stars attached to them, but I don't know the names of most. Molly, of them. Oh, hey, Molly, don't, don't touch that. that. That's dirty. That's a dirty napkin. Don't touch yeah, it. Don't touch it. Don't touch that's it. Use it. Oh, now you're dirty. Yep, you're filthy. Your hands are filthy. You know you're gonna stick your little hands in your mouth. So mm -hmm. give me your hand. Hand. Get the tips. I do not want to see that going in your mouth. Anyway, I just don't know what one movie star does or did do or anything. I can't keep them straight. Me yeah. too. I feel the same way. <gasps> Megan! Yeah. What a cutie. Did you know you're so beautiful? Aww. Aww. Gentle. Gentle, Laurel. Gen Remember gentle? We talked about gentle. Remember we said gentle? Oh, oh, I know who it is. It's Johnny Depp. In that thing where he's bald, you know. He, he That's the hot movie star? Yes. No. Oh. Yes. Oh, no, no, you're wrong. Okay, you're wrong. you know what? Grab your stuff. It's time to go. Huh? Yeah. Uh, don't give me that attitude. Five, four, three, two, one. We're leaving. Hey, Molly, take your trash. Say thank you. Thank you. That's not yours. Drop it. You want to sing your goodbye song? Goodbye, goodbye. Anthony, can you say the break wound? No. Okay. So that was if moms talk to their each other the way they talk to their kids. <laughs> um, so what 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 about that sketch? What what why is it your favorite sketch? I was telling you before, I kind of had a hard time choosing a favorite sketch. I just it's on my mind as something that I recently liked doing a lot there's sketches i've been doing sketch comedy since high school as i was saying which was just a mere 10 years ago for me i'm so young yeah <laughs> but skit comedy yes yeah. yeah. sketch comedy. thank you yeah. but that one is just on my mind because it's always been funny to me to think about 
to this day how I talk to Anthony versus how I talk to adults. Like I right. am so impatient and I, and I don't hate myself for that, but it's, I realize like even today I have to say something to him so many times to get through and he's just distracted. He's four. So if I'm like, Hey, um, let's go get in the car. I might say that to Jeremiah like that, mm -hmm. but then Jeremiah totally ignores me. So I'm like, Hey, let's go get in the car. Hey, Jeremiah, can we go get in the car? Mm -hmm. Jeremiah, can we get in the car? Jeremiah, yeah. Jeremiah, uh, are you listening to me? Yeah. Hello, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, yeah. I'm talking to you. <laughs> look up, look up at me right now. And the end result is like, we're getting in the car. Go! I'm like, oh my God, imagine if I talk to you that way. <laughs> that happens on a regular basis. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, four years old, that's a, that's a great age, man. It's an awesome age. Uh, well, I, I oh. still think I, I don't know, that's... That's that's super funny to me because I can remember being like my earliest memory was four. And I can remember my mom being that way, that same kind of like having to tell me a million times oh and gosh. me just not just, you know, I was in my you're, own world. Yeah, you're, you know? they're doing their own thing. Yeah, they're... like selective hearing. Totally. Like, I remember hearing my parents say my name and being like, they'll shut up if I just ignore them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they'll they'll go away. What's that? Like, you know what I mean? And then, yeah. and then they just get so irate that before you know it, they're running downstairs, they're shaking you, they're putting cigarette butts out on your face. Whoa. Wait, that... What? what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, bring it to Tweety to yeah. come to a halting stop with physical abuse. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, and I, I think another, like what it makes me think of, because I don't have kids, is that, um, but I was, I always try to like relate, like, oh, this is funny because it's like this, right? So um, it reminds me of like, my dad always had a phone voice and a real voice. Oh, that's so true. You know what I'm yes. talking about? Like, he'll talk to you like a normal person, but then the phone rings, like, um, hello, this is Ron Tweedy. <laughs> and it's like, what just happened to you? <laughs> but, like, it's the same. It's kind of the same idea, except instead of talking to business people, it's talking to children. Yes. But it's, it's funny to me. Like, it's very relatable. People have their voices. Yeah. 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 Like, the, the way you talk to your husband, I'm sure, is probably different. That is true. I only snap at him. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, like, Poor it's guy. very sultry. Like, right? oh, <laughs> you only please. talk to my... <laughs> I'm like, let's go. I'm so, so short with him. Poor guy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I really like this sketch. Thank you. No. Thanks. So you guys do uh, a video sketch a week, you said? Mm hmm So a video sketch, I think that's... Um, it's weird. They're, they're hard. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Uh, if you've ever made one, you know how it goes. And if you're making them, you'll soon realize that it's um, between writing it, shooting it, editing it. That's it's it's a big. I mean, it's a mini mini short film. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a huge undertaking. Yeah, for sure. Especially well, if you want it to look good and well, sound yeah, and that's good. That's the thing I think with a sketch on stage, you end up with like let's let's say three, but two to three people that are sort of an input on the outcome of it, which is the writer, the performers, and the director. Yep. Right. Yep. If you're doing a video now, you've got the writer, the performers, possibly a director, depending on how big your budget is or mm -hmm. how big your production is. Then you've got a sound guy. You've got an editor. You've got yep. a cameraman. You've got um, a colorist. You've got a sound designer. Like there's all these different people yeah. that matter in the outcome of of a sketch. And it makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Like music in a sketch. Josh Funk, speaking of him again, uh, did the music for Key and Peel. Right, and he yeah. would show me sometimes 
like here's what it looks like with music here's what it looks like without and it's crazy yeah. like music totally will change a sketch yeah bit, you know um so the graphics the edit edit the edit is huge yeah i've looked at so like many of the sketches ryan has edited and i can't remember the one you were showing me a couple maybe a couple weeks back but like your choices to edit like completely enhanced the comedy oh thanks i think that's the thing like i the, I'm being an editor. I think when I write for, that's one lucky thing about being an editor. When I write for, internet, I kind of have an editor's brain, so I can think about how I'm going to cut it. Yeah. And I know Jeremiah is the same way. Yeah. Um, you can kind of for well when you do it enough times, you're like, well, I know where what this is going to look like on the cutting room floor. Like mm -hmm. I know, um, the more you do it, it's just like anything else, right? The more you do it, the the easier it gets because when you first start, I mean, when I first started doing video sketches, I was doing it all. I was shooting it, I was oh, writing wow. it, mm -hmm. I was editing it, doing the sound. And so when you put it on the computer, you're like, oh, fuck, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I extend this a little bit longer when you're shooting, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, or, or why didn't I say this line quicker? It's right. all about timing. Yeah. And so from an editor's perspective, it gives you a lot of inside information. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to teach yourself it but totally um it's probably a i didn't i didn't do that for very long because it's uh it's very tiring to have to do yeah. it all by yourself yeah that is so yeah. much work and well, tweety really likes when you said that having an editor is really important <laughs> yeah 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 he, he chirped up really uh, yeah, yeah he blushed a little i saw yeah, i like that um i don't think that editors get enough respect you know i'm just gonna throw it out there they don't. They get my respect. They they're, name, like a, name they're like a one. football kicker, you know. Like when they, they fuck up, you know. But when it's good, you don't. You don't ever need to mention it because usually it's one of those right. things that just flows so good. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if I respect it so much because I've edited as well, never yeah. professionally, but I I re recognize what you're saying. It's so much work. Yeah, because you used to do a bunch of character stuff. That's actually how I sort of saw you originally because you were working with another comedian at the time and you guys would do um some various projects together like that yes, the, yeah. the liberal redneck project you were working on yeah and i did my own like you i did a web series every week for 59 weeks i think that oh, was man. like me writing I, I was i really wanted to get hired by colbert report so i was mm, doing like right. a glenda beck character like a female glenn beck uh <laughs> hoping to show like Colbert. I mean, my first probably 20 were so poorly, like you're saying, you're learning everything about editing and right. shooting and how to do it. I, I shot it all, learned how to chroma key or green screen yeah. and then edit and sound. And it, it got progressively more and more involved and you're writing it and performing it, blah, blah, blah. It was so much time. And so I think it makes me look at editors as like, you are God. <laughs> <laughs> it really is so hard. Right. Was this, what did you learn all this stuff through YouTube or did you have yeah. to? Yeah. I mean, there's no excuse for anyone not mm -mm. to be able to be their own one man machine with YouTube out there. Except for maybe time. Except for time. Yeah. Right. Time is the one limiting factor. Well, I mean, collabor collaboration is, that is such a big thing for me. I mm -hmm. love being able to sit around with people and bounce around, bounce around ideas because yes. it's kind of like, you know, a nuclear reaction where it's like everything starts to fire and then it, expands exponentially like the creativeness in the room right i but, agree with you but 
um, yeah, that's that's the only thing that I wish I did more of was being able to sit in a room and write with more people. I totally agree because that it, it's real hard when you're on your own t- yep. to get that fire going you're talking about mm-hmm. that just comes from like bouncing it off someone else. Right. Yeah. It's even um, I love the show House Empty. I always talk about <laughs> it. I love it so much. But House House was and if you've seen Hugh Laurie played this character House on Fox, it was he was a doctor, and um, I'm sure everyone knows about this show because it's so great. But um, I only know I know I've never seen an episode, but I've I know... never seen an episode either. But I know the show. Yeah, yeah, it's it was one of my favorite shows, and he had a team of doctors, and he would scream at them, and he was like, "Just give me anything," because he was trying to diagnose patients. Uh, with these really rare diseases and um he would be like even a dumb idea is a good idea because it sparks something else and i really like that's happened so many times when you're in a group and someone will say something you'll be like that was fucking dumb but (laughs) it'll lead you to something else and then you get something brilliant out of that so true so even um yeah sitting around with people uh in in a room definitely helps spur their creative juices yeah agreed and just fun i mean just like the overall fun like that's the big thing for me if it doesn't matter how much i like the people in the room or or don't for that matter if we're having a good time i feel like i'm funnier ideas happen yeah you know what i mean yeah i just like that fun so the moral of this get friends <laughs> have a good time have, you have a good time <laughs> write down everything uh go on yes. youtube teach yourself how to shoot uh, uh listen to this podcast to learn how to write yeah i feel like this uh, is the last episode we need to do we pretty, <laughs> much, we pretty much solved comedy yeah we're getting the, the overall breakdown of how to just create your own your own comedy life yeah, yeah. um so should we go to the hard part yeah let's go to the the most difficult part and that is you giving notes to tweety over his sketch yeah. Oh, great. Yes. Now, so, is the audience familiar with the sketch? Or so how we're did... we're going to um, we're going to drop the sketch in right now. We oh, we do a it. cold read and we'll drop that in right now, um, so you guys can listen to that here. Undeserving home buyer by Ryan Tweedy. Interior empty house. Craig, a home buyer, middle management type, and a tad on the nerdy side, enters with his real estate agent. This is a living room. It has a bay window, but unfortunately, it looks out onto a busy street. Hmm. It's nice enough, especially for the cost. Feel free to walk around. Actually, I think we should go. I'm not sure I deserve a house like this. Des- deserve? It? It's not that bad, is it? Bad? This is amazing. Bay windows? I'd be happy to have a wall with a decent hole cut into it. Your bank approved you for $125,000, Craig. This is a $65,000 fixer-upper. Fixer-upper? <laughs> You'd have to burn some holes in the carpet with generic cigarettes before I deserve a place this nice. I don't think that's true, Craig. I'm an assistant manager of a Staples in Boise, Idaho. I approve purchases of toner and barely make the company a profit margin of 3%. Well... You got the loan. A monkey so. could make a profit of 3%. A stupid monkey. I mean, the most stupid monkey you could find. I think you're being a little too hard on yourself. I doubt it. All right. Um, let, let's look at the master bedroom. It's right down the hall. Oh, my God. I don't deserve a hallway this long. <laughs> it's just the hallway. You've seen a house before, right? Yeah, I have. But the length of this hallway says a king lives here. On my paper, it says this hallway is six foot three inches. Wow. That's longer than me. Okay. 
This is the master bedroom. It has a closet and enough room for a bed and a big dresser. Craig almost faints but catches himself. A big dresser? Yeah. You know what? There's an old beat-up school bus down the way. Can you just sell me that? Craig, you really need to stop this. You shouldn't define yourself by your job. I'm sorry, it's just that I'm merely the assistant manager of a Staples. Last week I slept in my office for four hours and no one even noticed. People do that all the time. I click on the online ads for my own company when I'm mad because I know they have to pay for them. It's just a few dollars. I'm sure they won't miss it. I drunk ordered a case of resume paper because I thought the name was sexy and I'm just so lonely. Real estate agent nervously laughs. There's an awkward pause. <laughs> Well, you still have a job, so you must be doing something right. We should go. I feel like I'm squatting. There's a knock at the door. The neighbor walks in. She's startled to see people inside. Oh, I thought it would be empty. I'm returning a hose I borrowed. Sorry. Oh, God. Craig falls to one knee. The real estate agent helps him up. Are you okay? I gotta get out of here right now. The neighbors are too nice. I borrowed their hose. I should have really bad neighbors, the kind that steal your newspaper and shit on your lawn. Shit on your lawn? The real estate agent grabs a LaCroix out of his canvas tote bag. I'm an assistant manager of a Staples. All the graphs I sent into corporate last month were wrong, but nobody double-checked because I barely exist. I'm not sure how those correlate. I'm just a glorified cashier. They made me an assistant manager, so the customers had to look at me less. Craig takes a drink out of the LaCroix and does a spit take. What's wrong? Is the water bad? No, it's too good. I don't deserve carbonated water. <laughs> What's that flavor? Cucumber lime. Oh, God. I only deserve plain, flat tap water from Flint. Unboiled. Okay, Craig, you really need to get it together. I'm an assistant manager at a Staples. My boss is 19 and got his degree online. There's an awkward pause. Well, I have to get going. <laughs> the neighbor leaves. Let's just get this last part over with so we can leave. Fine. Uh, this is the backyard. It kind of smells like rotten shit because there's a broken septic tank. What? Why didn't you start there? Sold. I'll just live in that. All right. We're back. Yeah. yeah. Chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but I got a standing ovation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, now what do we do? I'm supposed to just launch into what I yeah. think. Yeah. Imagine that, that this was just read. Because oh, you're also the coach of a team called Jet Jaguar yeah. at IO. So just imagine, I guess, that we brought this in as a pitch for okay. or as, as a sketch for a Jet Jaguar show. So I would, what I usually do uh, in that scenario is talk about, like, first, is the idea clear? I think it's totally clear. The okay. guy has horrible self esteem. Like, if you're putting it into a log line, I think your log line is pretty clear. Okay, good. I think uh, here's what I would say. And then tell me if I'm on okay. point with what you were going for, that it's a guy trying to buy a house, but he has such bad self-esteem and that's that self-esteem problem gets in his way. Right. Yep. That's it. Okay. Um, so I think it's super clear. I think the dialogue is written great. I think I've taught a lot of sketch comedy over the years. And one of the big things that is problematic is people who write lengthy chunks of dialogue and you can always just look at a page and be like this sketch isn't gonna work because i'm holding up my fingers like you all can see but uh like holding my fingers about like two or three inches apart if you're looking at dialogue on a page and there's that much 
of one person talking, it's not going to work in a sketch. The rule of thumb, I was, God, I'm going to get it wrong now because it's been so long, but I feel like it was either the thumb rule or the two-finger rule. I can't remember. Where if you put two fingers over the dialogue and you can see the dialogue. Oh, that's a good one. I never um, knew that. Yeah. That's what I was always, so I, after I write a sketch of the first draft, I always go back and do that. Yes. Woo. That, yeah, that, no, that looks really good. I wish you guys could have seen that, <laughs> what he was doing with those two fingers. <laughs> so to me, the dialogue looks awesome. And I feel like the point of it is really clear. I feel like the heightening of it is lacking. Okay. So the heightening is technically well done, but I feel like the heightening could have been more. Okay. For my taste. Okay. So for me, what you heighten on is like, I guess if we're breaking it down, like beat one is looking at, we're, we're exposition, we're getting to what's weird, what's unique about this scene by the fifth line, for sure. Um, deserve, or is it the fifth one? I mean, roughly the fifth line. Uh, where is it? It's It's on the first page, which is something I'm always looking for. Right, you get to the game. You hit the you game. Get to the, yeah, you get to that first, weird beat, first page. On the first page. Yeah. And then we're in kind of like beat one, the carpet isn't good enough for him. Beat two, the the hallway, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then beat three, I guess I would define as um, the neighbor showing up with the hose. Okay. So I think they're all related to the house and i like the staples game recurring as well okay i think i would have liked to see more as it goes on heightening and i don't have a ton of examples but like heightening what else he doesn't deserve besides just the house oh i see what you're saying so like the neighbor comes over and just talks to him and he's like i don't i don't deserve to be talked to can you please talk to the real estate exactly especially by the third beat or maybe brings over like uh he thinks he's moving in already and it's like a housewarming gift and it's like something small like a physical gift oh yeah yeah. yep yeah that's interesting that's okay i see exactly what you're saying i don't need to why am i i'm taking notes like we're actually like we're not recording (laughs) this (laughs) like i can't just listen back to it (laughs) that yeah that was sort of the only thing that popped out to me is just playing around with the heightening and i feel like that's what i do a lot with our sketch team is just like how are different what are the different ways we could heighten this Okay. Because sometimes I think you could heighten... Maybe I would say this is heightened, like, linear. Right. As a... um, and, and so it's technically accurate. You could take this to a sketch class or a sketch team and be like, yeah, it's heightened. Um, you know, you're hitting each beat. Everything is done right. But I think at your level, you can always look at, like, the different ways to heighten it and see if one pops as being, like, more unexpected. One of the problems I have sometimes watching sketches, especially as much as I have, is I can see where the next one is going to be. For sure. Yeah. And we... so this sort of struck me that way that like, okay. I'm like, okay, I get it. The carpet's no good. The hallway's going to be no good. Uh, you know, like I could sort of see it coming. Yeah, it's predictable. Okay. Right? And you want to, like, I think that's what I, I love trying to do the most. And I think it's a skill that you have to learn is what's the curveball yep. at the end that still makes everything it follows that same pattern or beat whatever but it's just it throws you for a loop yeah right? and I, that's that's what i struggle with i think as a writer as a young writer but it's when i watch good sketches the ones that surprise you are the ones that you get the biggest laughs Definitely. from right. the most rewarding from an audience member's point of view 
And I like your ending a lot. The reversal of like, oh, okay. why didn't we start there? I thought that was great. Like okay. a good in endings are so hard on sketch. For sure. So I like that idea of a reversal type ending. I just think when I work with people on sketches, like one-on-one, or um, I don't always have time to do this with Jet Jaguar, but I will do an exercise sometimes where I'm like, what do you think are five different ways this could heighten? Oh, interesting. And I do that like with character monologues or um, like, okay, you have this character you want to do. You want to do an impression of, let's just say like Michelle Obama. Okay. What are five different places you could put her? Because sometimes just by making that list of five, your fifth one is like, oh, my God, that's the funniest one. Yeah. yeah. You're, but, or sometimes your first one was. Who knows? But just right. by, like, making the list and opening your mind to the different ways it could have heightened, you find one. Is the idea that you like, burn the easy ones first. Yeah. And so then by the third, fourth, fifth one, you're looking at things that you forced yourself to burn those first easy ones. And now you're looking at places you wouldn't have necessarily thought totally. of right away. Okay. Totally. Totally. Yeah, sense. there's a there's a book out there um, that I it was called Film Film Crit Hulk, Screenwriting 101. Um, it's it's a screenwriting book, but he talks about this. Uh, and it's if you Google it, basically someone wrote a book like Hulk, the character was writing a screenwriting Love. book, so it's all in caps. And it's <laughs> but it's such a great book. And one of the first things they talk about is write out a bunch of ideas and usually the ones that are truly original that aren't tropes or aren't things that are cliches are going to be your later ones because you can't you've you've already written down the cliches and the tropes and now you have to go search other search another part of your brain to get something from a unique perspective or whatever and that's usually where you get the gold from yeah, I so totally agree. So just like you were saying, yeah. writing five things down, your fifth one's your best one. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. How do you? So, um, what do you think about the length of it? Is it too long? No, I don't think so at okay. all. It's four. It's four pages and a little half onto the fifth page. So, I mean, final draft. He wrote it in final draft, so that'll be a four-minute sketch. Okay. Which I think is good. Actually, I wrote it in Celtics. Oh really? Because okay. I'm. Uh, cheap ass. <laughs> is a free version. It's of a free version yeah. of Final Draft. Draft, and yeah. I got it back in the day bef- when you could actually. It was like a downloadable application. It's not on the internet, so oh. I can actually. It's not. Oh, I don't have to be online to use it. Oh, yeah, cool. you got to. If you're writing, you got to get a writing. Oh, we, yeah. we never talked about this, but we should. We should. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. Like you got to have the software to write this, to write sketches yeah. or anything that yeah. you're going to try to sell or just produce yeah that's a good question that's what do you think when you get a sketch that comes in and it's written in like microsoft word do you do you give it the same credence going into it that you would something that's written in the right format or do you just automatically (laughs) assume it's trash it's hilarious question because i for the break womb write the last couple months i've been writing only in word (laughs) (laughs) and it's a long story dealing with my procrastination because my printer doesn't work so when i write in final draft and then convert to pdf to print i can't but if i write in word and change all the font color to cyan (laughs) like, <laughs> and it'll print. My printer is such a piece of crap. Yeah. So I've been writing in Word for a while. Uh, luckily, Molly and Laurel will tolerate it. But I will say that if I'm reviewing, like when I have read sketch packets for IO, when people don't put it in final draft, I always think they're 
not professional. Right. Yeah. Okay. You're you have a personal exception at yeah, the time, I, but you wouldn't submit a packet. I to would be on never. A team no, I would have, never submit yeah. a packet that was in Word. The no. first time that you sent Molly and Laurel a Microsoft Word sketch. I sent an apology with it <laughs> because I was like, oh, my God, this is I know that they think it's unprofessional. I know that. So I have to apologize. No, that's really funny. <laughs> I can just hear Laurel. <laughs> well, actually, Molly's probably the more upfront one about it. I'm sure both of them were like, what is yeah, this? That's Why funny. Is this I word? wish I could be in their brains when they saw it. <laughs> um, oh, this is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to going back to your sketch. I wonder if another way to take it would be um, heightening through de-heightening. So I don't know if you do that that oh, yeah. much in this, but if you still go with maybe not house stuff, but everyday life kind of things that are not important. Um, I don't know what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, I, I know I know what you're saying. I'm trying to think, can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I get what you're getting at. Yes. I understand the concept. So we talked about someone bringing over, like a neighbor bringing over cookies and they're not good enough. But what about if... Um, the guy, sh just to keep it in the house, because that's the, what's in my brain right now, he shows him a bathroom, and it has a toilet. And he's just like, there's a toilet. And he's like, oh, my God, I can't. Yeah, I just need a hole in the I ground. I just need a hole. Exactly. Right. So, like, I don't know if you go go through things of the house, the more, like, oh, it has doorknobs. Nope, I don't want doorknobs. Yeah, or, or the mailman drops off the mail, and he's like, I don't deserve to get, I should have to pick up my mail like everybody else. Right. Nobody yes. picks up their mail anymore. Right. <laughs> so if you can heighten your reaction to not feeling deserving of anything, but it's through stuff, it's pretty everyday normal stuff in a home. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And would you blow it out more or would you leave it like, would you replace ideas or add ideas? I would replace. Okay. For sure. You have it really well structured. It's pretty clear. One, two, three beats. Okay. Um, so I would just replace if you find other ideas you like better. Okay. Because I'm always looking to, I like the more personal I get to know the character. So I like the information that I learn about him with staples so I'm always, you know, if there's a way you can fold in more about him and the pathetic life he has. Oh, okay. So if the realtor says something to him and he's like, I don't, I don't even deserve you spending this much time with me right now. We should cut this short. Mm, right. Um, and here's, here's why. Here's the pathetic life that I have. <laughs> uh, like you have in there a lot of examples of that he sleeps at his office, he, you know, a monkey could do his yeah. job. But even further, like, the last time he had a girlfriend was XYZ. Right, right. He doesn't, he lives in a studio apartment with no furniture. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. He was me in L.A. in 2007. <laughs> That's why Tweety laughed, up. it really hit home. Yeah, a blow, uh, blow up mattress with a hole in it that had a blow up every night amazing it, yeah that's funny that should be in there that should yeah. be in there yeah that's really i funny. slept on one of those one night it's so funny that like every hour you're waking up cranking did that you, air mattress did you say again. one night one night <laughs> i slept in there for one whole rental cycle <laughs> a year no i was i was probably like six months yeah. oh my yeah. god i moved out here four months on an air mattress mine had a hole in it and I had to blow it up every <sighs> night every night but, yeah. oh my god yeah, you could have just patched the hole, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so much better now yeah. for this story. Six months. Yeah, it was the worst. So much better. Mm -hmm. I'd like uh, your real estate agent. Like, if I was, I always like to put my 
myself in the position of the straight man. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if I was a real estate agent, I'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, he's putting it up because he wants to sell a home, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we talked, I don't know who, who was producer. I think it was Steven uh, on the podcast told us mm -hmm. about when you have straight men, if you give them something just a little yeah. bit that like colors I, their yes. world, it doesn't, like you still get comedy through them. Uh, and I don't know, like, I would love to see this real estate guy just have something like I, i'm trying I to totally think. agree with yeah. that like yeah. he doesn't heighten that much or she i guess it's gender neutral right yeah, well in my yeah. in my head it's a she but that's okay. but that's only because my real estate agent was a she right yes uh but i think she could heighten or he whatever way more yeah that's a good idea i never even i never even in my I, which is so true because I, and i think that's a flaw of mine because in both improv and sketch my straight men usually serve the purpose of reaction of the weirdo yeah like yeah. you get your comedy you, laughs through reacting to someone's craziness right yeah and so and and because sometimes it's so simple if the crazy is so crazy that the straight man just his simple reaction is going to get a laugh that i never think about like how much better those laughs could be if i just gave him a little something a little something yeah, yeah. I think that's a great idea. I don't know what. Yeah, yeah I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it's a great it concept. It's a shitty pitch because I'm not well, giving you anything. I mean, but... I, I don't think it's a bad pitch. I think it's just something to look at because, like, the, the most real, – the real estate agent doesn't really heighten in this. Like, even if you just heighten the straight man aspect of it. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, because it doesn't even – she they don't even get angrier. No. Right. A little bit, but it's it's pretty minor. Yeah, and I guess if somebody was behaving like this, I would be like, hey, man. And then that would also drive your guy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're right. Like, I can tell you're mad. I deserve it. Yeah, right. like, no, yeah. You're, you're wasting my time right now. I, do you have any idea how many clients I could be out with? And you're sitting here telling me that you can't have a toilet or, you know, like, right. letting that person get angrier only would make this guy be like, uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible. Yeah. Like, it would probably heighten, yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Man. Look at this, guys. You've already written a mat. It's like it's my opus now. It was it it was not an opus, and now it is an opus. Now it is an opus. Yeah, everyone needs one. Um, what do you? Okay, so this is this. I'm, I'm going. I'm looking at my little list now. Um, after reading something like this, has it jogged any memories? Because I'm still new. I mean, I've been writing a long time, but writing versus I'd say like let's call it trained writing. Okay, are two very different things, right? Sure. Um, what? What do you think is when you see like beginning writers, newer writers, younger writers, whatever you want to call them, what what's like a common um, problem you think that they that you see oftentimes that you think would be an easy fix or something that could be fixed if they just knew they were doing it? The dialogue issue that I mentioned before is a big one. Okay. Or talk writing, too much. Yeah, right. writing way too long. And secondly, I think it's really helpful for people to write a log line for their sketch before they start. So they know what they're writing towards. Because I think I see a lot of new writers not really know what they're writing towards. Right. And what I mean by a logline is to spend 20 minutes trying to put a definition on what you think the game of that scene is and who the characters are and what the location is. Okay. Kind of like when you go out and sell a movie or a TV show, they, the first thing they make you do in any pitch room is like, what's your logline? Like, sell us on the idea in one sentence before you launch into anything else. Okay. So, um, like, 
we give the in the sketch that I played from the break when we gave you the log line. That's the title of the sketch. Right. If moms talk to each other the way they talk to their kids. Right. That's the game. Yeah. And and video, it's weird because you kind of like have to tell people what the game is mm-hmm. in the title because no one cares to watch for more than ten seconds otherwise. Right. I think when you're on stage, you have a little more luxury. Right. And when you're writing sketch, you know, for a class or for a team, you have a little more luxury. So, yeah, I think, like, writing that log line is a great idea. Okay. And it's – oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say that that takes time, Mm -hmm. and it's tough to – the. I've always learned the more succinct that you can make that long line, usually the easier it is for you to write a sketch because it's clear. Yeah. Right? And – it usually takes you less time to actually write it because you kind of know what you're doing. When it's creating that short sentence is a skill in itself. It's like mm-hmm. uh, for anyone who's done improv, a lot of times you'll do a set and a teacher will be like, all right, so what's the game of that? And if you don't, if you can't say it in one sentence, yeah. usually you don't have a clue what it was. I Same used to write um, corporate comedy and I did it for, I think, three years. And the format that we wrote in, like you had to sell your idea to companies. So it, this totally applies because I'm like, if I don't make my idea clear, I don't get the job. I don't earn the money. And it was very specific. It was like, um, it was a one page document because it, it's like I'm writing um, you're hiring me to write sketches for your corporate event. Mm-hmm. And so I would give them sketch ideas, usually three, but it was a designated format. The first line was the log line of what the sketch would be. The second line was where do I see the sketch going and what is the ending? <laughs> and the third thing you gave was five lines of sample dialogue. Mm, so all, kind of like a pitch. Like if you were it was to a go, pitch it was for a sketch. Pitch. Yeah. But what you just said, Jeremiah, is like when they would buy something, it was so easy to write because mm. I had already done all the work. Yeah, it's clear. Yeah. yeah. I th- are there any tips to doing that? Because I still, I even when I pitch to the group in Dad yeah. Jeans, I, I have an idea in my brain, but I have such a problem formulating that idea into something that's very easy and clear. And maybe because I don't write it out and I'm just like, I know it in my brain. And then when I go to speak, my brain then jumbles up the words totally. and they come out like I'm a complete buffoon. <laughs> um, outside of just doing it more and more and more, are there any other tips that you've have towards like creating those succinct sentences first of all i'm with you if i if i haven't like practiced it or written it ahead of time my pitch comes out totally jumbled and like i have no idea what i'm talking about as well so i think probably just writing it out yeah spending some time before you pitch it writing it out right that makes sense um i'm a whore i'm horrible at pitching that was like my last note from um one of my last notes from a class i took at ucb was like hey man you should work on your pitching skills (laughs) Man, and it's, it's a hard, skill. Isn't it, it is a total skill. Yeah, I mean, that used to be they teach you, and you know, I think it's two hundred one that give you. Or at least my teacher did. Uh, you had a whole class it's just about pitching. Because, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and it kind of you break down, you know, kind of like exactly what you just did. You know, theirs were slightly different. I have it written down, but it's basically like where your idea came from, um, some. Uh, like where you see the ste- sketch going or some like some jokes of the sketch like and your comedic point of view basically which is like the log line of mm-hmm. how you can simply you know um, succinctly make that whole sketch into one sentence so people get it you know yeah and it's tough <laughs> it yeah, really it's very is. tough yeah 
Um, we are about at the magic time. Wow. I know. It went so fast. Yeah. Do you have any any last bit of super advice that you'd like to give everybody? The wisdom for the masses. Yeah. <laughs> the, is, that's so, what we should name this. Wisdom, wisdom for, for the, the masses. masses. I like to quote Susan Messing, uh, one of my first improv teachers. You're an asshole if you're not having fun. Oh. Well, well, it's a lot of work, but you're an asshole if you're not. Having fun. Come on. So what if? So what if? What if in my case, like I am having fun, but I'm still somehow managing to be an asshole? <laughs> That's just a personality fault. Oh, okay. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Megan. This Thanks is a for lot having of fun. me. Megan, you have any plugs? Oh yeah, wanna, yeah. Let's yeah. plug. Um... Um, I have hair plugs. I really do. Right here. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's dope. I oh, didn't know yeah. that. Just in this spot right here. Just one little baby <laughs> spot. Never yeah. told me that. <laughs> Other than that, no plugs, guys. <laughs> the break womb. The break womb. Check us out every Wednesday on YouTube. YouTube.com. The break womb. Yeah. Um, I feel like you're holding out. I don't think I am. Do you I want to plug I... your babies? Baby. My uh, project. Future project. Yeah, my project weeks. is coming due at Thanksgiving. Nice. And my other project is coming along quite nicely at four years old. He's and... going to be a professional wrestler. Oh, God. He's help so me. big. <laughs> He's huge. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm going to say the same thing. I always say just please come watch my sketch team. Uh, it's uh, Mrs. Smith. I think last time I said Miss Jackson. Oh. Yeah, you that's, did. That's not the name of it. It's Mrs. Smith. We're very new. We just picked a name. I forgot what it was. Mrs. Smith, Iowa West. Uh, I also want to plug, go see Mrs. Jackson. Um, <laughs> they're <laughs> they're, they're a mystery team at <laughs> uh, no, uh, Same, Iowa West main stage, fourth Sunday of the month, Dad Jeans. Uh, that's, that's, what I'll, that's where I'll be. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming in. Awesome, thanks. Thank you. Bye, guys. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit boardwalkaudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.